Corona. Well, what we now? Episode twelve talked over to me. <laughs> corona specials. Twelve out of fourteen days. Oh, we're getting you're there, call aren't me we? Corona James then for a second. I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> over it now. I'm fine. You've been tarred. I'm not a threat. <laughs> You've been tarred not only by uh, by me, by your uh, your wine delivery driver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just making sure I've got plenty of wine in for emergencies and regular occurrences as well. Okay, and you, the the man who keeps delivering this wine is worried about the amount you're consuming. No, he's worried about the amount he's delivering. He doesn't know how much I'm consuming. Well, what do you um, think you've got? But a party of fifteen in your house. <laughs> I, I assured him he was delivering it faster than I was drinking it. Okay, okay, that old chestnut. <laughs> um, <laughs> As long as he doesn't turn up to him to be a blue bin tomorrow, it'll be fine. <laughs> We've been hearing from uh, a few different people. You'll be the second that's actually been on the podcast. We've been in there. So we've got Matt McGibbon tomorrow, um, Derby County announced. So we're trying to get a few different people on um, to reveal their best ever 11s. Um, I'll just quickly read you mine. Have, have, have I sent you mine yet, James? I've seen it on Instagram, but okay. go ahead and read it. Um Scott Carson in goal, uh, a back four of Chris Powell, Igor Stimak, Carbonari and Wisdom. The caveat on Wisdom is it's Wisdom in his first loan spell um, when we got to Wembley in 2014, not the Wisdom that we actually signed. Um, I'm playing a diamond in midfield. Um, Robbie van der Laan at the, the base of the diamond. Uh, Sanovic on the left, Iranio on the right and Will Hughes in at the tip of the diamond in the position where he should have been fucking playing when he was with us. Uh, and then up front, I've gone goals, 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 uh, Chrissy Martin and Malcolm Christie. Thoughts? It shows how poor we've been for the majority of your <laughs> lifetime, <laughs> even know, yeah. more so than my lifetime. <laughs> at least. I think half <coughs> were from like the first two seasons I watched <laughs> from when I was yeah. watching Barbie, and I have little recollection of. <laughs> But, I but you saw them play, and that's the key criteria. Yeah, I saw I saw them play. Yeah, they, they just reminded the two rules that we've implemented. I was going to put a you can only name so many from each season's teams, but that would have meant me picking some terrible players. So I didn't do that in the end. The only um, rules we've got are you must have seen them play. Uh, that's a kind of a loose one. You must have seen them play slash. They played while you were kind of alive. You can't go. I couldn't go and pick Kevin Ector or Steve Bloomer, and yep. no. And a rule we devised together yesterday was no, uh, no way Rooney wants it. Well, yeah, I mean, he's obviously England and Man U's record goal scorer, but he hasn't had a huge impact at Derby yet, purely because he arrived in January and we've had Corona since then. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it's been amazing watching Wayne Rooney play. But for the purposes of your exercise, I think he should be banned from anybody's teams. Yes, he's allowed an honourable mention. Yeah. I think he's a mention. And he should get an honourable mention from every Derby fan because it's you know, I still have to pinch myself when you see Wayne Rooney scoring a Penenka for Derby County in front of the South Stand, but uh, that's where we are. It's a long time ago, doesn't it? <laughs> I know. Live football, what's that? Oh, and it, I've just realised I had a, a bit of a phone call with my boss earlier about um, work I'm doing from home and I normally work every weekend, as you know and he said, oh, well, I'll see you on Sunday then. I went, oh, I'm in Saturday. No, 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 you're not. You booked Saturday off. It would have been the Forest game. And I went, oh. <laughs> yep, I was, uh, I was supposed to be travelling up to Arran tomorrow to do a 60-mile ultra, so I was going to miss the Grand National and Derby Forest. So 
in a way, I'm just missing everything now. <laughs> oh, was it the National this Saturday as well? Yep, that's why there's a virtual one on Saturday afternoon, <laughs> live on ITV. That's how oh, desperate the nation's getting for sport and gambling. Yeah, that's, that's the other thing. There's enough to gamble on. It's like virtual marble racing. Or <laughs> I think the, the, uh, is it the Belarusian Premier League is gaining a lot of fans because you can bet on that and people are adopting teams because that's the only uh, professional league in the world, I believe, that's still going. I think the last week the pubs were open, then there was... Um, before they actually shut them down, I think it was still irresponsible going looking back now. But um, the only live sport they had on was about one o'clock in the afternoon, and it was like the A League Sydney against Perth, and there'd be about four people there, and it, that 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 really was the point where I thought <laughs> I need to stop coming to the pub. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. All time Derby County eleven. James Randall, Corona James is eleven. <laughs> Go. <laughs> okay, so the first one is the reason. I finally switched to supporting Derby. I was brought up in Bedfordshire, as you know, and my dad used to take me to Derby from the age of four, but he struggled to convince me to follow them. No one else in my school followed them. Liverpool, the best team around, so I had a soft spot for Liverpool. Um, and then when Shilton signed from Southampton, suddenly there was a player I'd heard of that I was really proud to go and tell everyone he played for Derby County. And the day he signed for Derby, apparently I said to my dad, that's it, I'm supporting Derby now. Um, and so to see, yeah, I, I was a bit too young to appreciate just how good he was, but seeing him in the World Cup for England in 1990, um, and just generally looking back on his career, it, it was fantastic. I don't, was, so I, I wish I could appreciate him more. He was still a Derby player in 1990, wasn't he? Yes, he was, Cup. yeah. Derby yeah. and, and Forrest had four players in the starting England 11. Uh, which got to the semi-finals, which shows how far both clubs have fallen. But in Peter Shilton, Mark Wright, Des Walker and Stuart Pearce, we were the, the backbone of that England side. Oh, it's like four of the back five, isn't it? I think they played three, five, so I think they had Paul Parker at right back. Oh, OK. Uh, and Mark Wright was sweeper and Des Walker. And I think you had, uh, what was it, was it Terry Butcher? Terry Butcher, yeah, it would have been, yeah. Well, before my time, but it's it's again, you know, when it's a, an iconic team, obviously, yeah. just before I was born, but you, you know it anyway, don't you? Because you see it so much. And, Absolutely. Um, yeah, a team that Gaza burst into, wasn't it? So, yeah, that was an unbelievable yeah. side. Back four? Is it a back I'm going, four? I'm going for a 3-5-2. This is not necessarily my best team. This is a team I've got a soft spot for for everybody in it. And... Okay. The three-five-two period under Jim Smith was my favourite period, so I'm I'm going with that formation and uh, sticking Igor Stimak in as my sweeper, uh, the charismatic Croatian. I think he'll be uh, everyone. I think I think he he'll be everyone who didn't see uh, McFarland and Todd. Yeah. Um, and most other peoples, but yeah, he he was the turning point in that season, ninety-five, ninety-six. When he signed, and we you know, spent a million on this Croatian chap, and you know, the, the arrogance with which he he carried things off. I think it was the 1998 World Cup, you know, when he scooped a ball over an attacker's head and ran around and got it. And just again, seeing him playing a Derby shirt was just you know, another moment where where we got back to where we we should be as a club. Uh, so, yeah. so he's my sweeper, and then right centre back, I've got Mark Wright. 
for the reasons I spoke about Peter Chilton, but Wright was another fantastic player. Uh, even scored in that 1990 World Cup. Did he come um, from Southampton as well? Yes, I believe so. I think he was 750,000, something like that. Um, and Shilton and Wright were were the core of that team that finished fifth in 1988-89. And we're um, robbed of Europe. Yeah, we won't go down that route right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's keep it light. <laughs> you don't want to be banned from Liverpool like the sun. Um, <laughs> and then my left centre-back is a cult hero of mine. A lot of it was Jake Buxton. He won't ever be the most naturally talented, but he signed from Burton, I think, a one-year deal. One of Nigel's bargain basement signings. Nobody expected much from him. You know, he turned up with his boots in a carrier bag. Um, real down-to-earth guy, but ended up scoring last-minute winners away to Leeds, uh, home to Forest. And he played 45 of the 46 league games in that 2013-14 season that should have ended in promotion. Played 52 yeah. games in total, played 150 times for Derby. I think he scored in double figures for goals. I think if every player we had maximised their ability like he did with his attitude, we wouldn't have spent 19 of the last 20 years outside the top flight. Uh, I agree. And he it, it it was one of them players that always gave you those moments you remember. Like, you remember when, is it against Forrest? Was it, was it Patterson or was it... Um... I think it might have been Jamie Patterson that just kicked off and he just went to run forward towards the ball and, and Buxton just stood there. <laughs> oh, I, th- I think that was a 5-0 game. You know, and it, yeah, it and, was. I think it was Patterson. And when you look back at you know, even Sheffield Wednesday in February, which seems like 18 months ago, when Chris Martin nailed Sheffield Wednesday centre-back within five seconds, it just sets the tone yeah. for what you're going to do. And Buxton yeah. did that so many times. You know, he, and I think... You know, Stimak had a nasty streak in him as well, and Wright was no pusher. I think having those three as a as, as the the rock solid foundation of the defence would be uh, pretty fearsome. If you if you look at the the backbone of the Nigel Clough side that um, overachieved in in a, in a lot of ways for saying some of the times that came in, if you were a young lad, I think we need a bit of this now. You would not want to go into half time with one Nigel Clough, but also Stephen Bywater, Jake Buxton. Robbie Savage, them type of characters, tearing a strip off you. Yeah, and I think one of the shame of that period was that we never got to see the Buxton and Barker partnership because I thought their styles would have complemented each other. And I think their mannerisms would have complemented each other as well. You've got, you know, the the terrier and the and the nice guy that was Sean Barker. And I think, you know, the injury to Sean Barker and the fact that Buxton wasn't fully developed meant we never, we never saw them together mm. as much. Yeah, it was a shame actually. Yeah, but Buxton, yeah, Buxton made the bench for me. I went when you mentioned about what approach you went for your team, and you've kind of gone for people that that mean like good players, but they mean something to you. I've in my head, I kind of had it as I'm going to pick a team that would do well in the championship now. Do you yep. know what I mean? If this was Derby now, what? How would I set them up, and how would I, I kind of had it? How football is now? These are the players I've picked today. So Buxton just missed out, just missed out for me, along with Bryson. Bryson only just missed out, but we'll get to Overfield in a minute. But um, yeah, he only just missed out, Buxton. Yeah, he's you know he's he's he's, he's an all round good guy and uh, one of my own, one of the cult heroes, and I've got good memories of him in a Derby shirt. Yeah, definitely. So left wing back is Chris Powell, 
Um, yeah. Combined with my holding midfielders gone to a set, I think the, the departure of those two really set the tone for the downfall of the team under Jim Smith. When we went from the the excellent, solid English pros into the more exotic foreign signings. I think, yeah, we replaced Chris Powell with Stefan Schnorr. Was it was it Dorigo first and then Stefan Schnorr or the other way? Yeah. I we had a Dorigo exactly. for a seat. Yeah, I think it was, um, yeah, Dorigo. We had him for one season, though, didn't we? And yeah. I'm sure, yeah. But, but Chris Powell went on to play however many Premier League games for Charlton, you know, called up to England. Because he now, because he had a fantastic career for Everton and Blackburn, and you think, why why did we let them go when we did? Um, I know you have to keep things fresh in football, but once you lose the, the ethos of what makes you good, then it's very hard to get it back uh, so Chris Powell you know we signed him during the, the promotion season and he was he was excellent and yeah, he, yeah. he maintained that standard into the, the early Premier League years I think he'll be another one that will be in a lot of people's who didn't it's going to be split generations isn't it people who didn't see the, the title when it started in the 70s will be a lot of them will be picking Chris Powell left back yeah and then right back I've gone for John Brayford um, I thought he was a, a very astute signing by Nigel Clough. He was a real shining light along that right flank um, in what was often some very, very poor performances. And I'd love to have seen him in this current side. Um, I know, obviously, I'm not saying he's better than Vogel, but you know, I think he would have thrived with many better players alongside him. And uh, yeah. he wouldn't ever get in any all-time Derby 11s. But at the time, I, I really really enjoyed seeing him play. Yeah, and I, I think he can offer you what Vogel can offer you going forward. But he's kind of got that footballing brain. I think coming through at Burton under Nigel Clough and the setup they had coming through non-league, um, how tight they were, and coming in into a team, he, he kind of... He had the grounding, didn't he, that he wasn't just going to go and do four stepovers and try and take four players on that Bogle sometimes falls into. And he, he kind of, it was defending first, wasn't it? A proper Nigel Clough ethos of do your job first and then they yeah. you can go on your little running over that. And I believe he was part of the, the 10 men game. Um, yes, he was, yeah. Which is, you know, my all time favourite Forest memory. So, uh, yeah, he gets a little mention for that as well. Yeah, definitely. Little, was, little he the, was he the one who didn't put the ball out first of all? Did he continue yeah. to play on? Because it came from the right and went over to I the think, left, didn't it? I think that was, I think that was Gareth Roberts, wasn't it? The first person. <coughs> oh, God. I'd have to watch it back. I've watched that goal so many times, but I can't remember exactly who it was. I think it, came, I think it was down the left and it went it, across. It was, it was down our right because Chris Cohen was on the left, on Forest left, and then yeah. it ended up on the left wing with Ward. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, because oh, yeah, it was uh, Roberts um, passed it toward and overlapped, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yes, yeah. It's down the right, yeah. Do you, remember, do you remember the player that had to get substituted so they could bring um, Adam Ledgekins on? Uh, should he have gone back to Poland after Luton or Pompey away, was it? Thomas Lifka? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yes, it was, yeah. Or wherever it is he comes from. Forced with the way, yeah. One nil off in the you know, added time, yeah, weren't we? Didn't hoof it out. Yeah, he can go up to <laughs> or wherever he comes from. What yeah. a cloughism. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so where are you going next? 
Uh, as I've already mentioned, holding midfielder Lee Carsley. Yeah. The one who yeah. played many games for Derby was in that promotion season. Um, the highlight of seeing Lee Carsley was when we were at home to Southampton at Pride Park. It's our second Premier League season. When we were starting to play some really nice football, McLaren was still there. Um, oh, nil-nil. Yeah, nil-nil after 78 minutes. Yeah. And then the floodgates really did open and Carsley scored that fourth goal and there's that classic Steve McLaren looking shocked with his yeah. notepad and his paper and just wondering what the heck just happened with Carsley overlapping and firing <laughs> a ball in. Um, and I say, I think... Sorry, go on. Go on. No, I think I've um, I think I've heard a quote about that. It was kind of I think he still got I think that was a one of he scored, but it was a what the f- are you doing there kind of yeah. moment. <laughs> uh, so in, in his career after he left, particularly at Everton, just you know it makes you wonder why why we didn't keep hold of him. Mm. Um, Another player that left before he is best as well. There's, there's quite a few of them for yeah. that year. It left. You look at like another one when you mentioned Chris Power, Gary Rowett went on to have a, a, a long Premier League career, and there's a, there was a few at that time that could abroad, didn't it? Like you say, magnificent signings. Whether they're signing Igor Stimak and finding people like that, they thought they could go out there and find these gems. I don't know. Well, there's also you know there is a lot of fortune that that comes for that. You know, not many not many people when argued when they did leave because you just thought you could do better and then when we turned down the apparent seven million for Sturridge everyone would have gone what if we had have sold him they'd have been up in arms but Sturridge was never the same player afterwards right. so you know some transfers work out for the selling club and some work out for the buying club and it was unfortunate that in our situation you know if, and again for every Lee Carsley you sell probably undersell you get seven million for Seth Johnson I was just about to say, yeah, Seth Johnson's <laughs> seven million back on a three. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so then, uh, once we've got Lee Carsley in front of those three centre backs, we then come to the, the flair and the skill and two of the best midfielders I've seen, um, in Iranio and Asanovic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Iranio, what we talk about when you think you can get better foreign players than you've got, Iranio is the class example that stands out in a, a free transfer, having signed from Milan, I think he was 30, three-year deal, um, and it was just a joy to see someone with that combination of skill and football intelligence. Mm. It really was spectacular, and I think even when he came back to training ground two or three years ago, when he just walked around the entire pitch doing keepy up it's just like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> once you got it, you, you never lose it. Yeah, incredible. Incredible. Um, so that's Aranio. Yeah, Sanovic. We signed him for a million quid before Euro 96. And then he did this reverse pass. I think it was Turkey versus Croatia. Um, might have been at the city ground. I, my memory's going. But uh, in that instance, you just thought, wow, we've got a hell of a player. You know, the, the reverse Pass through ball, put the Croatia striker clean through on goal. I think he slotted it home. And uh, you know, by the end of that tournament, Jim Smith was saying, "I've already had uh, managers phone me up, offering me five million for him." And it was, it was exciting times when, you know, without YouTube and things like that, there wasn't masses of video footage on these foreign players. It was really an exciting time. Derby had just got promoted. 
they were worth spending a million pounds, which was still a decent sum then, on this mm. unknown Croatian, a mate of Igor's. And when you saw him, you know, live TV in Euro '96, it was it was excellent. His debut against Leeds at the baseball ground, we drew three all. You know, with his elbow, his running style, where he would elbow anyone who got in his way. Uh, yeah, exactly. But he, you know, he was six foot two, six. He was a big guy, um, mm. and he just shrugged people off, and it was. He, he had many off days, like fair players do, but on his day, he was almost unplayable. What went wrong for him? Because the uh, the yes, EU rule. Oh, was that what it was? Back then, you could only have three non-EU players. So when we had uh, Stimak and Poom, and then one chop came in, um, you could only have. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think he was ever a threat to Asanovic. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you, you couldn't name more than three non-EU players in your match day squad. And so, Vesanovic was a bit of a, a nomad in his career, and I don't think he was ever the sort to put down roots for three or four years. But it was a shame that we we got one brilliant season out of him, and then um, it started to, his star started to fade a bit. Yeah, he, he wasn't, obviously he wasn't getting into, like you say, for non-EU, and then it was a World Cup 98 coming at once, so I think it was, yeah. get some was it Napoli you went to? Have I made that up? I can't remember. It might have, might have been a no, Greek side. No, no, I know. At one point you went to Panathinaikos, I think. But, yeah, so yeah, you'd say yeah, more clubs than Tiger Woods. Hey, hang on, I'm Googling it. Uh, oh, Fari elbow, not flying elbow, but not far off. Yep, Napoli in the winter of 1997. Asanovic changed clubs again. After playing for several clubs in Croatia, France, Spain and England, he moved to his fifth different professional football league at SSC Napoli. And then he went to Panathinaikos. There we go. <laughs> Knowledge <laughs> between us. <laughs> between us, yeah, we got <laughs> yeah. I think one of his last games was the, uh, the 4-3 defeat at Elland Road. We were 3-0 up after half an hour. Mm. And most of that day he just played a diagonal ball, uh, which worked really well. And then... Lead score in the last minute to make us lose 4 3, and I don't think he played much after that. Tony Aboa wants it, the winner. I thought it was Lee Boya, the winner. Oh, was it? Tony Aboa, yeah, I think so. You can Google that as well while you're on it. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. See, mind you, I was only about seven at this point, so I've got some memories, but they're all uh, in the wrong order. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can remember the Tony Aboa goal. It's like Morecambe and Wise, I'm playing all the right notes, but in the wrong order. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. I can just remember bits. Um, from there, then you, what you've got three strikers. I've got two. I've, I've got I've got yeah three centre backs, three centre midfielders, two wing backs, and then a player that, in many ways, I wish I'd never seen play for Derby, uh, because I was so excited at the prospect of us genuinely being interested in Roberto Baggio, who was an absolute world superstar. It would have been a phenomenal signing. Um, but I think Jim Smith said in his later years that the cost just became too much. You know, it, it was putting everything at risk. And uh, Iranio then said to Jim Smith, well, you know, if you're going to spend 10 million on Baggio, you can get this guy, Francesco Baiano, I think from Fiorentina for a million quid. And uh, he was he was magic. Mm-hmm. Um, tiny, but so, so clever. And that, that season, 97-98, we played such good football. It's a team that 
destroyed Arsenal at Pride Park and that Arsenal team won the double and we went 5-2 winners at Hillsborough. Just yeah. some absolutely, I think he scored Monday night football. He scored two away at Filbert Street and we won 2-1. Yeah. Um, and yeah, for, for, for that spell of time, we, we just played such wonderful attacking football. You say that my, my sketchy memories from, from them days, when you mentioned Igor Stimak earlier, that game, was it? Yes. When in right, the bar yeah. and all the Derby fans thinking, wrong, wrong, wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but one of my memories from the murder days is winning a free kick, the, someone else putting the board out, Igor Stimak wearing white Puma Kings, like the opposite of the traditional colour, white Puma Kings. Just I had a pair of loads at university when I went in 1999 because of Igor. <laughs> but he didn't even line it up, didn't move the ball. He just nonchalantly clipped the ball forward and put one shot through. Do you remember that goal? Yep. And it that was... is just incredible. Like He didn't even look at the ball. He just kind of like staunted up to it, clipped it over the top. And it was like inch perfect. We, um, you know, being from, I was still living in Bedfordshire at the time, but we had season tickets and we took a couple of Arsenal fans with us in the people carrier who were good <laughs> friends and uh, they got absolutely steaming, got in the car after the game and uh, it's Mike, so uh, Leighton's brother-in-law actually, and uh, he said, um, oh God, oh, terrible game, I thought you guys deserved to win more than 2-0. <laughs> we did, it was 3-0, he was like, what? <laughs> so uh, we wowed everybody that day. Yeah, I remember that. Was it one? Who scored two? That was it. One shot, two, one and Dean scored twice. Yeah, yeah. So I can't, I can't remember bits. Um, yeah, I do remember that. I remember that. That and that, like you say, that and the the four nil Southampton game stick out from that from that era. Yeah, definitely. Great days at Pride Park. I know. And then the uh, final one. So as you know, I, I did originally have Chris Martin and. In there, because I thought the level of football intelligence in the front four of Asanovic, Tiranio, Bayano, and Martin would be just astonishing. But having slept on it, and it was keeping me up last night, I think I need some <laughs> more pace up there. Because I think you could have Martin the Bayano role just off the main striker, but I think teams would would just drop a bit deeper and we'd find it hard to break them down. So my final position was uh, one of the Dinos. I'm going to decide mm. live on the call. I think recency <laughs> bias, having watched the Arsenal versus Derby County game uh, from Highbury in December 1996 the other night on Derby County TV is going to be Dean Sturridge. Uh, he was... Unstoppable on his day, and you know that goal at at Highbury when he chested it down on the wing, went past England's captain Tony Adams like he wasn't there, banged it in off the line. Those amazing shots that hit the crossbar at the line and go back up into the roof of the net, and that yeah. was you know, in front of the away fans at Highbury and the clock end. It was just magnificent. I can't believe you dropped Chris Martin. Don't tell him. <laughs> <laughs> Because you know how weak I am, it dropped me quite easily. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I agree though. And when uh, I did mine yesterday, I don't know if you've heard it, and when I explained mine that I kind of rushed through off the top of my head and did mine and forgot about Dean storage and I had Martin and Christie up front and I think 
uh, if I do it again, I'd probably have storage instead of Christie and have Martin in storage, because I'd like to see that as a front two. Yeah, I think even, you know, the promotion season, storage is excellent, and then that that first game back in, which I already mentioned with the Sanovic, when we drew field against Leeds and Sturridge scoring twice, and you know, just having players that quality really showed we could make that step up early, and it gave the confidence to the players and the fans, and it was a really enjoyable time to be around. Yeah, definitely. Got any subs? Yeah, I got Poom on on my bench. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, a great keeper. Who I think we signed from Portsmouth reserves or something. We might be in the first team. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's a Jim Smith acquisition, wasn't it? That he'd come across sometime in his life. Yeah, but uh, we, um, yeah, we were playing against some quality teams in that era: the Arsenal double winning team, the Man U treble winning team, and and Poom was was a tremendous asset at the back. And there's the likes of uh, Carbonari, uh, Van der Laan, can never forget his promotion contribution, mm. Dean Saunders, Chris Martin, Paolo Wanchop. It's a fucking bench, Well, why not? You're not going <laughs> to... Unless they get sent off, there's no way I'm, I'm taking off Buxton, Wright or Stimac, so Carbonari yeah, yeah. can easily go up front as well with his silky yeah. skills. <laughs> yeah. What a piece of Argentine dexterity. <laughs> <laughs> Nottingham Forest at home? Yes, yeah. yeah. And then the other one was um, the two all away, wasn't it, when he scored? Yeah. He drops get... nicely for Carbonari. He's equalised. Did he get booked for inciting the fans then? Yeah, I think he got... Um, didn't he get uh, charged by the FA at a later date for incitement? Because <laughs> he basically stood there waving the fans on, didn't he? Yeah, well, he was... He was... Kneeling down, pumping his arms, just yeah. celebrating a goal, really. That's Horacio from Rosario's <laughs> first Premier League goal. <laughs> I think in, when he when he came and his nickname was a bazooka, and you're expecting some stunning free kicks, most of them just hit the bottom of the wall. <laughs> it was really <laughs> quite disappointing. <laughs> the misfiring yeah. bazooka at best. Did he take some penalties? If you, if you talk about Igor's, you know, shiny white boots, and he had these. Just these big black things that look like bricks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, brilliant. What a defender, though. Oh, yeah. Great. So. so that's yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. That's a great side. I think it's going to really cause some debate, isn't it? It is, and it's... I hope it's nice to, particularly this time of no sport and some of the, no pun intended, the fallow years we've had as Derby fans. <laughs> it's nice to talk about good memories and, and the players we've seen that that we look back on fondly yeah it's nice like we had a conversation earlier about me doing my uh, my actual proper job and trying to find things to talk about when there's nothing happening in the world and like you rightly said people are going crazy for nostalgia at the minute aren't they so yeah so let's go for it yeah let's indulge well, exactly. thank you very, thank you very much for that James thank very you I look forward to hearing the, uh, the other 11s and uh, debating them with yeah. you over text <laughs> yeah I will do thank you very much James as ever well I'm sure we'll, we'll get you on about something else soon I think it might be Derbyshire <laughs> Cricket 11s so I'll, I'll give you a call <laughs> Jeff Miller all the way <laughs> yeah and then it'll be Derby Storm I don't even know how many players <laughs> are in Boston <laughs> uh, five on a team I think Derby Storm best ever five so that's, that's what we're going to be doing about four wasn't weeks. one chopper basketball player I'd have him yeah <laughs> <laughs> Oh, brilliant. Right. Thank you very much, James, as ever. Cheers. Take care. Bye-bye.